Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! guys welcome back to wrestle rant radio for thursday may 26 2022 i am graham gs matthews hope you guys are doing well and having a great week so far this sunday we got aew double or nothing 2022 very exciting event on paper before then we got one of the stars of one of the matches on that show on sunday and one of the stars of carpool karaoke dropping tomorrow on apple plus tv we got Brian Danielson, former WWE star Daniel Bryan, who has been here on the show before. I think I shared the audio of that interview um, here on the show last year, but he's back here on WrestleRant Radio as Brian Danielson talking all about Double or Nothing, Carpool Karaoke, CM Punk, William Regal, John Moxley, his entrance music, Forbidden Door, and so much more. It's a really fun conversation. Uh, shout out to AEW for the opportunity. And we're going to be sharing that audio of that interview here today on the show before we get to our preview and predictions, myself and Mr. Marceau, for the pay-per-view on Sunday. So it's a very AEW-centric show here today. With all that being said, guys, you can check out new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean. You can find us on Pandora as well and Amazon Music. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, and never miss an episode every single Thursday. Without further ado, let's get right into it. My exclusive interview with Brian Danielson. What's going on, folks? Graham Gius and Matthews here with BleachReport.com. we got a very busy week ahead between Carpool Karaoke dropping this Friday and Apple Plus TV May 27th and AEW Double or Nothing coming up this Sunday. Bleacher Report airing live, live on pay-per-view as well. One of the featured matches this coming weekend, we got... The Jericho Appreciation Society taking on an Anarchy Rules match. It's going to be crazy with the Blackpool Combat Club teaming with Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz. And one of the members of that matchup, one of the stars of the AEW roster joining us here today, Brian Danielson. Brian, what's going on, man? Not much. Just just hanging out. So it's been a busy week. But before we get to any of that, you had a birthday yesterday, man. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) How'd you spend the day? Uh, so I was on lone dad duty and mm-hmm. so, uh, I took my kids, um, hiking and, uh, and we just had, we just had fun together. The three of us. I also fasted for uh, 36 hours. So, <laughs> That's uh, quite the birthday gift. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to, you know, indulging in lots of cake and all that kind of stuff. I, uh, I decided to fast instead. So <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's one way to spend a birthday. That's pretty cool. But yeah. uh, especially with Father's Day coming up in a couple of weeks, too. I'm sure it's a very you know exciting time for you and, and everything else. But like I said, we got a very exciting weekend at between Carpool Karaoke, Double or Nothing on Sunday, as I mentioned. We'll talk Carpool first. You're going to be in one of the upcoming episodes. Punks in the Car, Christian Cage, and this coming season as well, we've got Powerhouse Hobbs, Ruby Soho, Brett Baker, among many other people, MJF, uh, it, which is really cool. Talk a little bit about that, your involvement with the show and what it was like riding with uh, Brett Baker and CM Punk specifically. Well, so I think, uh, so uh, Punk is so witty, right? But you also have um, Christian in the car who's really witty too. Uh, there's also like a almost a little bit of a generational gap between mm-hmm. me, Christian and Punk and Brit. So uh, so I remember that. And I remember uh, because I mean, I haven't seen it, you know, uh, but we were we were filming it in Minneapolis, Minnesota in the winter and it was freezing cold. <laughs> so uh, so those are the those are the two things that I remember. But, you know, all, you know. Christian is just uh, Christian Cage is just so witty, right? And so is Punk, and so they're they're always uh, fun to share a car with. 
That's great. I remember when Punk shared the picture on Twitter of you guys in the car together. Like this was a while ago. You mentioned it was in the winter. I didn't know it was going to be on this show. So when I found out it was an episode of the show, I got very excited. And uh, specifically with you three guys being so instrumental and a lot of wrestling fans, fan and myself included, we're all looking forward to this episode. But you mentioned Punk, you mentioned, uh, you know, Christian specifically. It feels like 2014 was such a weird year in wrestling between like you retired for a little while. Obviously, you came back for a little bit after that 2015 before retiring again. 2016 he had the major injury in 2014 when it is what it was uh that was the same year punk left wrestling christian retired up until coming back last year did you ever think you would be in a situation again where you were riding with those two specific individuals in a car going to stuff i mean it's such a it's such a whirlwind of talent on paper yeah uh no and it's really interesting because i did edging christian's podcast Mm -hmm. actually while i was retired and um and it was just interesting because we were all three like, yep, never going to, you know, <laughs> it seemed like we, we were never going to wrestle again, you know, and now all three of us are back wrestling, which I just think is, is really cool. And then, um, you know, and then uh, punk, you know, the, the, the CM punk story is really interesting. And it's one of the things that has brought me uh, a lot of joy, actually seeing how happy he is wrestling because you would hear like uh, occasionally how, after he left WWE, he had kind of like kind of hated, I don't want to say hated wrestling, mm-hmm. but he no interest in wrestling. And it, that makes me sad seeing how, because I saw, I mean, the first time I met him, he fractured a skull on an independent show. Right. So <laughs> it's like, crazy, this, yeah. is, this is, this is, this is a guy who's spent a huge part of his adult life getting excellent at professional wrestling, you know? And mm-hmm. so I'm glad to see that his love of it has come back. And um, I think, We've all been like, you know, at least I have been. And I think the fans have been like, you know, you worry like, okay, uh, you know, it's hard to take that kind of time off. But it seems like he come, he's come back. And I don't know. I think the MMA training, too. He seems super athletic, super agile. I think he's doing great, great work right now. And yeah. so it's, you know, it's really fun for me to watch. Yeah, not just, I mean, you two guys, but you look at the rest of the roster and everyone that's managed to not just come back, but join the AEW roster in the last couple of years, specifically that summer of 2021, where you joined it all out. I was at that pay-per-view live. It was an incredible experience. Punk joining just a week and a half before then having his first match on that show. It's cr- like, if you had told me this even a year ago, I probably wouldn't have believed you that we'd be in a situation where we are right now with the roster that we have with AEW, which is awesome. But like with a show like this, you kind of mentioned it, the, you know, the, the, the skull fracturing injury that Punk suffered back in the day does a show like this and filming for it being in the car to the christian again being in the car with even someone like Britain and, and punk again as well does it kind of bring back memories of being on the road throughout your career and being back on the road after retiring for a certain stretch of time and how much different it's been compared to your wwe days now being on the road in AEW and stuff like that uh so it doesn't it, it so it's really weird because obviously the carpool karaoke setup is different if anything it reminds me of uh so and i done an episode of carpool karaoke before with uh with brie and nicole <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so it, what it honestly what it reminds me of is filming the reality show right mm-hmm. that film filming like total total bellas or total divas or something where it's like okay now you're getting in the car and they're just gonna film you right mm-hmm. be be entertaining it's very different for me for example like riding with uh you know when i first started with wwe or when i first started on the road i was riding with uh seamus uh ted DiBiase jr um, William Regal, and then occasionally Cody Rhodes, right? And so, like, it's way different than that. We were in a minivan, all like, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's it's a little bit of a different experience, and the the topics go uh, into s- some pretty wild, uncharted territory that may not be suitable for TV. So, <laughs> so yeah, but uh, but it was a lot of fun. You mentioned Regal. It's so cool to see you guys in a faction with Moxley as the Blackpool Combat Club, as I mentioned earlier, coming up with this, obviously, this match on Sunday, Devil or Nothing against Jericho Appreciation Society. Having you guys in the same faction on TV, I think, is what is especially cool for me, because I always tell people Regal was really the one that got me into wrestling. And no one ever believes me when I say he's like my favorite of all time. But seeing him on the same screen as you with the obviously the history that you guys share and we never really had a chance to see that during your time in WWE, a little bit on NXT when he was like, 
not your pro, but you guys had a couple of matches there. Obviously, the superstars match, which was incredible. Um, having Regal in the company, talk a little bit about that. Like, were you pushing when you see that he became a free agent earlier this year? Are you thinking he'd be a great get here? I want to work with him on TV because I know you were saying for a while you've always wanted this faction. Did you ever imagine you would get a faction like this with a guy like Regal involved? To be fair, I never thought WWE would let him go. Mm-hmm. Uh, because- such a valuable commodity and all the talent loves him right um he's he's helped a lot of talent more than just like in-ring wrestling but also like uh so for i'll give you an example for me specifically right when i was kind of forced to retire and then they brought me in as gm i was actually relatively settled at uh, okay i get it i you know i should probably retire whatever it is you know what i mean they had wanted me to retire uh but then when they brought me in as the GM, all of a sudden now I'm forced to be around wrestling. And I was just like, it was driving me crazy and it was making me ready to quit. Right. And Regal was the one who, who talked me off the ledge. Right. He's the one who like, he's always, he's always great with advice. He has a lot of perspective given, you know, that he's been in wrestling uh, since the mid eighties. Right. He's been there for when WCW was, was closing down and he's been through the ups and downs of wrestling. You know what I mean? So he has a lot of great perspective from that regard. And then also from like a, a personal, like from a personal side, like he's, he's been a great mentor to me since, I first met him in 2000, you know, um, one of the things, you know, it's interesting Jericho, uh, if you would have asked me before this last Wednesday, who do you dislike more Eddie Kingston or Chris Jericho? I would have said, uh, even though I'm teaming with him at the pay-per-view, I probably still dislike Eddie Kingston more than Chris Jericho. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but you know, the, um, uh, Jericho talked about, you know, the addiction stuff and almost like, uh, belittling, you know, um, uh, William Regal for his past problems, but you know, uh, and I don't think I've ever said this before, maybe not even to him, but I mean, he, he, my, my family has a history of addiction stuff and especially with my dad. And like, he really helped me with that because of his past problems. Right. And so it was like, uh, you know, when, when somebody brings up that stuff, you know, whatever it is, it like, it actually gets to my heart a little bit because it reminds me of like, okay, he, he, the, his perspective on it helped me love like my dad through his addiction. Right. Well, as, whereas I was, it was, it was weird. It was like, I was always almost trying to, trying to change him. Right. Trying mm-hmm. to change my father in the sense of like, uh, that sort of thing. And, and the way that William Regal went the conversations that we had we had a lot of long conversations about it it was like it helped me love my father as he was right Mm -hmm. and that was uh such a blessing you know what I mean especially you know my dad died in 2014 so it was essentially 10 years after um William Regal and I had had those conversations that uh like I got to live those 10 years like fully loving my dad as opposed to like the half like wishing he would change and you know you know i was always still trying to help him but there's he had just such a great perspective on it that that just i mean there's some things that make your wrestling life better he's made me a much better wrestler in many different ways but there's also ways that he's just made my life better right and so that said i'm uh i'm thrilled to be to be able to see him every week you know because for you know once i came to aw i didn't think you know, you know, when you once you leave companies, you know, sometimes you don't cross paths with people for a long time. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I'm thrilled to be able to just spend time with them every week. That's so cool, man. I mean, yeah, seeing you guys on screen and knowing the history you guys share, even you sharing that right there, man, that's awesome. And uh, really cool to hear that. And it's so cool to see him doing well, too. I mean, I know he's talked before about his health issues, but by all accounts, he seems like he's doing great. He was on Jericho's podcast recently talking all about it, which is uh, so cool, like I said, to see you guys on TV and all of you guys and just the prime of doing what you're doing right now, Moxley as well, and just killing it right now. Oh. Like I said, what'd you say? Mox, Mox might be my favorite person to watch in pro wrestling right now. Like he's, <laughs> he's amazing. Know, uh, so it, and, it, and it's funny because like, uh, I like the way he, especially the way that he's wrestling right now. At first I was thinking like that he just wrestles so wild. And then, and then it just, no, he's not wrestling wild. He's almost wrestling like he's feral, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's this feral animal that just <laughs> goes out there and chaos happens wherever he goes. And right. It's like, uh, it's, re- it's really fun to be out there when it happens. 
Yeah, and you guys have always had great chemistry too, but it's just something about the team. And I mean, and the match you guys have a revolution against each other was great as well. But like, just as a team, it's a different sort of chemistry. Like, have you noticed the, there, there's got to be a major difference there, right? Between the matches you guys have had as a team and as opponents in the last two months compared to the matches you guys were having even eight, nine, 10, 15 years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, I don't know. I think we're, we're, very different styles of wrestlers, mm -hmm. but that complement each other in really, in really good ways. And I also think, you know, our mindset on wrestling is very similar, right. On what, what we want to deliver to the people and that sort of thing. And, um, and so I, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I also am very, very proud of uh, Wheeler Yuta joining the faction mm -hmm. of uh, the Com combat club and like the progress that he's made. And then the match, right before he joined the Blackpool Combat Club with him and Moxley was just unbelievable. It was like uh, watching it live. You know, you could just see this crowd just getting behind Wheeler. And, uh, and uh, you know, it was, pretty, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was a great match, too. Unfortunately, he won't be a part of the match on Sunday, Wheeler Yuta, that is. I know he's doing his thing over in New Japan right now, which is super cool. But uh, it's going to be a great match. Any expectations for what we can expect from this match? I mean, it's anarchy rules, I guess it is, and it's going to be wild. Thankfully, we're not, you know, we're not getting stadium stampede, as I think it was Moxa that mentioned that on Sunday. This is going to be an all-out rules match. What can we expect from this match on your end come Sunday? So, uh, so I like doing different things and uh you know the, this can this can venture throughout the entire arena you know what i mean mm -hmm. and so uh so i like i like the improv of wrestling sometimes and sometimes you don't know what you're going to do until you get there until you're in a specific situation or until you're like on a flight of stairs fighting somebody and you'll be like oh i could do this <laughs> like you know uh, to, to me to me, that's a lot of fun, and I think that's a lot of fun for the fans too. I think uh, I think variety is key, both as a performer to keep yourself interested in everything that you're doing, but also from a fan perspective. I think AEW and Tony Khan has done a great job of you know I look at this card up and down, and every match seems different, right? And so I mean that that's going to be it's going to be a fun show. It's going to be great. And like you said, it's going to be something so different than everything else on the card, which is, you know, stacked as it is. Uh, are you going into this match 100%? I know some people are concerned as, after what the footage that came out from last Dynamite's taping with the, I know you had the mini injury, but it seems like you're okay. Just want to check on your status. Yeah. So, uh, so it's interesting. You know, uh, I laugh at myself because, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, uh, it's, uh, it was my birthday yesterday. I just turned 41 and I'm just like, I'm just this old man who like, falls into these cracks and can't get out i i mean i'm so, like i don't know if you remember steve urkel right from yep. uh the show family matters of course and uh he i don't know if it was a regular thing that he said or uh when i was in there i was like i the, all that kept going through my head was i'm steve urkel and i've fallen and i can't get up right <laughs> and he was just like and uh and, uh, and, but yeah, like, uh, my ankle and just below my knee are a little bit swollen. You know what I mean? But it's interesting. You know, I, my life, um, I like, I like physical things. Right. So like, even when I'm not wrestling, like I like to do jujitsu or kickboxing or hiking or whatever it is, you know what I mean? And so I'm kind of used to things being swollen and, uh, and that sort of thing. And, but I'll, I don't know, uh, I'll be at, um, dynamite on Wednesday and I'll have to get the trainer to check on it just to make sure, you know, everything's okay. I, I took my kids hiking, uh, two days this week, but they're kids hikes. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, my son's not even two, so it's gotta be something <laughs> yeah. he, that he can do. Right. So it's really just walking. Uh, and that was like, okay, you know, like, uh, I can feel this a little bit. Right. You know, mm -hmm. but it's really interesting. I don't know. I find the, um, I find it fascinating just from a performer standpoint, the second I put my wrestling gear on, I feel invincible, right? No matter what's hurting, like I put my gear on and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. And it doesn't matter if like, you know, my, I'm looking at my ankle right now. I'm thinking like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> and then, but you know, when I put my gear on and, all that kind of stuff it you know there's there's nothing in the world that it feels like it can hurt me I, and i know that that's not true but that's just how it feels so yeah no for sure i'm sure you'll be fine come wednesday i mean like i said we were all worried i'm sure you're okay so you know it's funny to hear that you're doing better and just the way that it happened was funny too so it is what it is stuff happens i guess <laughs> yeah I was, I was i was laughing afterwards with uh with uh with eddie kingston and uh and and mox just like of course 
Of course, I'm just this old, like this would have never happened to me at 28. I would have been very aware of my surroundings, but now I'm just this old clumsy man who slips in things. And right. Like, you know, you know, and then like, uh, I really like Tony Khan's tweet too. It's like, that's why you shouldn't fight after the ring is or after the match because that's the kind of stuff that happens. And it's like, yeah, gosh. So, yeah. Exactly. That's just the stuff that happens. It's funny. But as we wind down here, Brian, got to ask too, the the music that you have in AW is fantastic. We talked to Elliot about nine months ago, myself and the other Bleach Report guy, Chris, uh, because he's friends with him, I guess, because he spoke with you last time. And through that, he got connected with Elliot. So they talked about the music and we had a whole conversation about it. And it's a great entrance theme for a while. When you first started in AW, there were no lyrics, so they didn't play the lyrics or whatever. Now we're getting the lyrical version every week. My girlfriend and I love it. Got to ask you about that. And what was kind of like, if you were even involved with that process, because there was no lyrics and now we have the lyrics on screen, which is great. Was there any involvement from your end on that or was that just kind of something that happened? Yeah. So Tony and I were uh, talking back and forth and debating back and forth about the lyrics. <laughs> and um, and his kind of opinion was like, uh, if you were to go heal, the lyrics would be great. But I don't know if the lyrics are great for like a good guy. <laughs> you know, that was his yeah. kind of thing. And and. And I get it, right? Saying that you're born for greatness is a very uh, <laughs> antagonistic thing to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, and so, but then once I once I kind of became more antagonistic as a character, like it fit perfect, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then I'm actually really excited because uh, Elliot's dropping or releasing the full single here coming up soon. I think awesome. it's. Um, I want to say it's right before. I think he's aiming to do it right before the um, Forbidden Door pay-per-view that nice. we're, we're having with New Japan. So I think maybe on like the 23rd or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he's got some big name, two big name hip hop guys on it. So, you know, it's uh, it should it should be really cool. But I, I'm I'm super thrilled, you know, because uh, we've uh, Bree especially has known Elliot and uh, for a long time. And mm-hmm. so uh, and then we've become good friends and, you know, we like to go out to dinner and all that kind of stuff. And so when I was uh, about to and when I decided to come to AEW, uh, I called, I, you know, I, I think I texted Elliot first, but, and then we called and I talked on the phone to him. He was like, yeah, cool. I can do it. And I don't know, you know, like I just said like, Hey, I kind of have these ideas. He mashed it up into an awesome song. So <laughs> that's awesome. No, it's a great theme, man. We love hearing it every week. And last question for, we've got a minute left. Just want to get a quick answer. You mentioned forbidden Dora. And the last time we spoke, you mentioned the interpromotional matches and that was, when you were still with WWE at that point, you had mentioned you wanted to face Okada and everyone else in AEW. Now you're here. We're getting these matches. It's awesome to see uh, people like an Okada, someone like that. Do you have an opponent in mind for Forbidden Door? I know you're not booking the show, obviously, but is there a dream opponent that you have in mind for that show come next month? Well, well so, I mean, there's so many New Japan guys that I would like to wrestle, but uh, one guy that, you know, it's just fun just because he's so good. And I called some of his matches for the cruiserweight classic is Zack Sabre jr. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that's a match people would be really interested in it. Um, in the sense of just like Zach's progressed so much since the last time I wrestled him, which was like 2008. And now as far as for me, he's what, like, has, I love the technical style of wrestling and he's doing some of the coolest technical wrestling I've ever seen. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. doing that would be a lot of fun obviously okada obviously a guy like tanahashi or ishii right like those sort those sorts of matches are like are right up my alley um you know somebody like will osprey i mean you, you look at the new japan roster you look at the aw roster and you can mix and match and it's going to come either way it's going to be awesome so yeah Exactly. And it's going to be a great show as well. Double or nothing on Sunday and carpool karaoke, your involvement with that dropping this Friday on Apple plus TV, as I mentioned, uh, double or nothing coming up on Sunday, May 29th, live on bleach report pay-per-view as well. It's going to be a great weekend. Brian, thanks so much for the time, man. Big fan. Appreciate it. And best of luck on Sunday, dude. Yep. Thank you very much. Thanks to Brian for the time. You can also check out the interview in article form right now over on Bleacher Report and the full audio of the interview on my YouTube channel as well. YouTube.com backslash WrestleRant. On that note, let's transition into our preview and predictions for Sunday's Double or Nothing pay-per-view. Myself, Mr. Marceau, brother, do you know what was three years ago today? Uh, We went to Double or Nothing. There we go. I ask you this question once in a while. What did we do on this day X amount of years ago? And it was three years ago yesterday that Double or Nothing was. But technically today was the day after Double or Nothing where we woke up at like fucking 3 o'clock in the morning. I think I went to bed at... 
two. No, we woke up at like four. I think I went to bed at two or three or something ridiculous. We checked out of that hotel. The MGM Grand, is that where we stayed or across the way? We stayed in New York, New York. New York, New York. That's what it was. And then we left first thing in the morning. My flight got delayed like two or three times. I had to go into Chicago. It was fucking terrible. Great, great time with Mr. Marceau the night before. Leaving the next day was a nightmare. Yeah, I remember... We got up really early. I remember, I'm pretty sure, I think it was this trip, like, the Uber driver was, like, a Dolphins fan. That's somehow got yes, brought up. Yes, yes, yes. GSM act like you knew what was going on, and then <laughs> I looked out on the flight and said, later, GSM, and I guess you got stuck there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and then I said to myself, I'm never coming back here. It was fun for a one-weekend thing. I'm not going to come back at all. Go back uh, two and a half years later for SummerSlam. Love it. Big fan of Sin City now. I know. It's so sad. The one time you went without me, wasn't it? I know, right? Nothing to do with Mr. Marceau, but we will be back. We will not be there. We were not there, obviously, or we will not be there, rather, for this coming weekend's Double or Nothing pay-per-view, which we will get into momentarily. I know Money the Bank is going to be there this summer. It just didn't work out for me. You know what's funny, though? That being said, I don't know if I told you this, but like a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months before like the big pay-per-views, uh, someone from the company at WWE, because I've been to a few of them now, like Mania, SummerSlam, whatever, they'll ask me, like, hey, do you have any interest in coming to the show just to see if I want tickets or whatever? And then, like, every time I always say to myself, no. Like, um, like I tell myself, no, I'm probably not going to go. But then when someone approaches me with the idea of, like, hey, would you be interested in this? I'm like, now I kind of want to go. So that's what happened with SummerSlam last year. I had no desire to go. Literally up until like early August, I said to myself, I'm not going. And then someone from the company asked like, oh, you're going to be there on this weekend, right? I'm like, I'll be there. And I literally booked my trip like a week in advance. It was ridiculous. And it was a great time. But that being said, someone asked me like a week or two ago, hey, any interest? Are you going to, are you planning on being there for Money in the Bank or SummerSlam? And I'm thinking to myself, probably not like, we're not going on any major trips anytime soon. I have to go to California with a, on a family trip later this year, so I'm thinking probably not. But just for shits and giggles, I look at the prices for flights. I'm like, let me see just in case. Dude, it's like $900 to fly that weekend for 4th of July. I mean, from the East Coast all the way there. Literally for even a day or two trip, it's ridiculous. But the holiday weekend, I'm sure, has a lot to do with that. Yeah, I remember we looked into maybe going to Nashville right around when... Either the SummerSlam weekend or the weekend after, and the, it was like, like you said, it was like six hundred, seven hundred dollars just one way to get there. I'm like, Jesus, it's like a fifteen hundred dollar just to, just to get there and back. I'm like, that's fucking ridiculous. So, yeah, but. We'll, we'll be back. I looked into Nashville too, and it wasn't as much as Vegas, but it was still more than it probably should have been, considering it's a lot closer. And I'm like, yeah, that's just not worth it. I, I miss when I mean, I hate that I'm saying this, but like during the COVID times, flights were a lot cheaper. So, like going to Mania last year wasn't a big deal, or even SummerSlam. I mean, like I said. I went to Vegas on like a last minute thing and I booked a week in advance. You would think it would be like a trillion dollars, but it really wasn't. It really wasn't overly expensive. And that was still not at the height of the pandemic, but we were still very much in the midst of the pandemic and as we are still now, but more so then than we are now. But we will be back in Vegas at some point. I'm sure I'm excited for that. Um, but you mentioned Nashville SummerSlam week. And before we go further with the double or nothing predictions and preview here today, Actually, you know, I honestly might be buy a ticket to SummerSlam weekend, not for anything happening at SummerSlam itself, but rather for StarCast. I'm sure you heard what was announced over this past week. I did. I think Ric Flair's going to be there, right? He's coming out of retirement, baby. No comment. <laughs> Terrible. I don't think they've announced his opponent yet, but it was funny. There was a report indicating, I think it was... Uh, I think it was Fightful. I think it was Sean Ross Happ who had said, yeah, we're hearing rumblings. It might be Ricky Steamboat because obviously they have history from like a, a century ago. And then I think Ricky Steamboat came out later that day and said, yeah, no, I'm not interested. Like, yeah, I think he said they approached him with the idea. And he's another guy that has not wrestled for health reasons in the last like 10 years. Like he had that last run of WWE in like 09, 2010. And he had some pretty serious health issues soon after that. And I don't think he's gotten physical anywhere since in the company, anywhere else. So that would have been a disaster. But fucking Ric Flair, man. The man's got a peacemaker in his body. That just sounds like a train wreck waiting to happen. Yeah, I mean, realistically, we all know this at this point. But he should have just ended it after WrestleMania 24 against Sean. Him going to TNA, I mean, just a very dark time in his life probably. But... I just didn't save the money, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> him and his tidy wife. I mean, one last, like, he should have just went out. Him against Sean, like, was literally the perfect go-away match. I mean, obviously, Sean did that terrible match at uh, Crown Jewel, so, or Super Showdown, one of those two bad shows. But, I mean, Flair at this point should just go out with uh, with that one against Sean. 
Yeah, that's what a lot of people were saying when this first thing was announced, and I think it was um, I think it was Ricky Morton actually who had tweeted, "Oh, who's like a dream final opponent for for Rick? What should be his last match?" And literally every one of the comments and quote tweets said WrestleMania 24 against uh against Sean, which was a great match. Yeah, I heard Hogan was rumored at one point. I think they got that that got shot down. That would be fucking. I mean, honestly, that sounds so bad. I would probably buy a ticket to see it. And if that's what they want, they just want my money. Then they've got it. They they got what they asked for. So I guess we'll see how that pans out. Um, but it was an interesting week in the world of wrestling. Not a lot of WWE related stuff going on. We will kind of immediately jump to Double or Nothing momentarily. Um, just wanted to get your thoughts on the Ric Flair thing. And I, I read this yesterday before we get to AEW Double or Nothing, but. Did you see that uh, Killer Cross actually was announced, or not announced, but reported to be Wardlow's opponent a few weeks ago on Dynamite, and then he actually said no, because he heard that Scarlet, or was told that Scarlet would not be with him for his entrance, he'd be presented a whole different way, and then he said no, and I think they're still on good terms, but, I mean, this is random, but I thought that was really good that he turned that down. Yeah, I think he did himself a good job on there. Um, I mean, he would have got squashed, basically, like, uh, big casted, so... I mean, I don't think it really matters. Like, does it really matter if Scarlett's going to be there? It's a one-time thing. If he's going to be brought in as a full-time guy, and then yeah, I think she should be there because she helps his his act. But uh, if it was just a one-off, I don't know. It really matter. But hey, he made the right decision. I think it would have hurt him more than anything going in and just getting crushed. Yeah, it just wouldn't have made much sense. I think he's a bigger star than that. It's just, uh, I mean, I like W. Morrissey too, but. I just think without Scarlett, if he's just going in there to lose a quick five-minute match and just be made to look like another guy, W. Morrissey's an impact. I mean, that's not really that big of a deal. I think Killer Cross, he's not signed to a major promotion right now, but I think he has a higher ceiling than just being brought in to lose in five minutes. Johnny Elite, hap- you know, having that happen with him last week, I don't mind that. He and Joe had a good match, I thought, so it was what it was. Uh, one quick thing, though, on the WWE front. Nothing really of note happened on Raw this week, but I do want to get your thoughts on the latest update. The Sasha Banks and Naomi, we went into great detail about it last week um, on a quick update here. They have since been vacated or stripped of the WWE Women's Tag Team titles on SmackDown last week. They've been indefinitely suspended, and we will have a new tournament, I guess, to crown new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. So, your thoughts on the announcement, how they handled said announcement, because the way they were like, oh, they let the whole world down was fucking dumb, as if anyone really cared about that main event before they changed it. No no offense to the talent, but the booking is just all over the place. Um, so that's the latest update. Your thoughts on how it was handled and what the future holds at this point compared to a week ago for Sasha Banks and Naomi? Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know, it's like kind of like a mixed bag. So I think WWE obviously was over the top with their announcement, but I also think they're trying to like babyface themselves, like make it like, you know, like they let us down, like try to like get some sympathy, but they're just not going to get it. Um, I mean, if you walk out of your job, you're probably going to get suspended or fired. So, I mean, they got suspended. Kind of makes sense there. Um, I mean, stripping the belts, they don't really mean anything anyways. We're allegedly going to get a title. There's a title tournament. There's like four teams. So, I guess we'll see what happens there. Um, so, I think everything, I think WWE was over the top with their announcement. You're going to get suspended or fired if you walk out. So, that makes sense. They got suspended. They're going to lose the belts, obviously. But there's no teams anyway, so none doesn't really matter. And then now, I mean, I, I just like, I, I I would say I think there's a better chance Sasha leaves and Naomi stays just because, I mean, Jay Uso or Jimmy Uso works there. He's a top guy. I mean, I guess she could leave, but I just don't think she'd be in wrestling. Like, not going to go to like AEW or like Impact. It's, I don't know. She just feels like a WWE or nothing at this point. So um, I could see Sasha leaving. I mean, she wants to go to AEW and. 30 second promos I guess knock yourself out but besides that I, I don't know what the, the positive is I mean she could go to Japan as well but it's just still a smaller scale than what she is right now so we'll see if I was a betting man which I'm not I would say Sasha leaves and Naomi stays yeah I think both are probably going to end up out the door I, I do agree though I think Naomi's a lot more likely to stay than Sasha I think Sasha's out the door and I think it would also be a mistake for her to stay I mean, listen, at the end of the day, it's it's her livelihood. If she wants to stay there and make money, I, I get it, obviously. But at the same time, it's one of those things where if she's that upset, and obviously she was this upset three years ago when she didn't walk out, but, you know, she went home and she didn't come back for a few months and she re-signed at that point. It's like, okay, that honestly reminded me, if anything, about then, you know, kind of reminded me of the whole CM Punk situation from 2011 where he was obviously very upset and then he re-signed, and then he stuck around, and then after his contract was up in 2014, I mean, he walked out before that, but honestly, this is a very similar situation in many ways. I know Punk was kind of siding with Banks and Naomi based on what he said on Twitter this past week, but 
yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it would be a mistake for her to walk out over the tag title thing, among other frustrations. The Ronda Rousey thing was probably a part of it, having Ronda take her spot at WrestleMania. We already talked about that last week. I've heard nothing about the Rumble stuff really factoring into it, although that's my speculation as well. Um, I just feel like it would be dumb for her to stay. I mean, I don't really think anything is gained from that. She's a big enough star to where I don't know if success in Hollywood is guaranteed necessarily, but I think it's worth the shot. And why would you stick with a company that clearly... I mean, she just walked out on them. I just don't think it sets a good precedent for the talent. It doesn't set a good precedent for the company. Although they should try to resign her because she is a big deal. It is a big loss if they lose Sasha Banks. Um, but I just feel like from a Sasha standpoint, why wouldn't she leave? I know it's a money thing too, but at the same time it's like, okay... Hopefully, if she is a big enough star, she's either made her money already or she can make that same amount of money or close to it somewhere else, wrestling-related or not. So, we'll see how it plays out. That's the latest update, and I'm sure we'll discuss it a little bit further if more details come out in the weeks to follow. And I think their contracts are up very soon, so we could find out more official confirmation and whether their futures are sealed as far as leaving or not. But I do agree the suspension did make sense. I mean, you walked out during a fucking TV taping. I mean, that doesn't really bother me. That makes sense. How they handled it was stupid. But the suspension itself made sense. So let's get AEW Double or Nothing this coming Sunday, Mr. Marceau. I will be joining you at the Marceau Compound, my Le- Alexis and myself, on Sunday for the show. Very excited for it. Our first Double or Nothing with the Marceau since we saw you three years ago. Can't wait. Can't wait. So we start with the pre-show match. Hookhausen, Hook and Danhausen, taking on Tony Nese and Mark Sterling. Right where it belongs, on the pre-show I don't really care too much about this personally. I've said my piece on Hook as far as, like, I'm not the biggest Hook fan in the world. Although I do wish... I don't know. I just feel like they were giving him a lot of momentum, and he was uber over. And he still is over, but he's not... It doesn't feel as hot as he was when he first started wrestling. And, you know, he killed QT Marshall at the last pay-per-view. I feel like, if anything, and I love Danhausen, this is a step backward. I feel like they're two people that don't really... Shouldn't really have a lot to do with each other. And then Tony Neese and Mark Sterling are fucking goofs, so um, I don't really care about this, but at least it's on the pre-show where it belongs. And I think, obviously, Hook and Danhausen are winning. Yeah, Dan, I would say Danhausen and Hook are going to win. I mean, that's kind of a, a given here, but I agree. I think I like Hook. I mean, I'm not his biggest fan, but I, I think he's good. I think he was doing well in like that like silent killer role, and and then they kind of just... This tag team went on with Dan House. I think it is, like you said, a setback. I would have just kept them on his own. Like I said, maybe have some kind of alliance with them, but like I would just keep pushing him by himself. Um, I don't know. I just I don't I don't think they need another tag team that's going to be underappreciative. So I think Hook and Dan House win here. But if I was them, I would I would split them away from them. I would have them more with Team Taz if anything. Yeah, I would rather see. This be more of a you know a soft alliance as a real tag team because I feel like they have enough tag teams they would just get lost in the shuffle if they continue to pursue the whole Hookhausen thing anyway. I agree. Yeah, so I would give Hookhausen the win here, move past this, and just move the fuck on. Um, AEW TBS Championship, Jade Cargill defending against Anna J. Completely random matchup. They tried to explain it on Dynamite last night with the whole video package, which was. I appreciate the attempt, but this literally came together last Friday on Rampage. Nine days before the pay-per-view, or in Tony Khan's words, nine days or whatever. Um, They've had a match before. Jade Cargill won that decisively. It wasn't a very good match. It's not like Anna Jay has been killing it right now. And I like Anna Jay a lot. She's grown on you you as well, I know. But she's been barely on TV. I watch Dark every week. I review the shows. She's on the show every fucking week with a new partner. She's not even wrestling singles matches. She's teaming with Ruby Soho. She's teaming with Yuka Sakazaki I saw this past week. It's not even really important singles matches that she's having. She's just having random matches. They never bothered to explain on screen what happened to her friendship with Ty Conti. Oh, she turned heel. I can't interact with her anymore. I mean, that makes no sense. I Like I told you before we went on the air here, I, I love Jade Cargill. I wish they had more credible competition for her right now. Unfortunately, a lot of the competition for her was tied up in the Women's Dusty, uh, Dusty Cup and the Owen Hart Cup. Um, so they're kind of left with this. And I like Anna Jay a lot. Why she wasn't even in the tournament, I have no fucking clue. But if they knew Jade was free, and they knew Anna Jay was free, why wouldn't you start building towards this a month ago? I mean, this just feels lazy. Jade Cargo wins, obviously, LOL. But I think she should. Um, I'm just not impressed with how this whole thing kind of came together. Yeah, I, I like Jade. I really like Anna Jay as well. I just... <sighs> just this is like one of those things that like people just don't look at. If it was WWE, they would just shit all over it. Like Jade's great. I think she's been progressing a lot. I think she's a star. But 
Energy wasn't even in the in the Owen Hart tournament. Neither was Jade. Like, why wouldn't Jade want to be in it? Like, she hasn't lost. Like, why wouldn't she want to run through a tournament? Obviously, if she wasn't going to win, they probably don't want her to lose. But Anna Jade wasn't even in a qualifier. Was she even in a qualifier to make the tournament? I don't know. No, but I think that she wasn't. But I wish they... Maybe they did explain this, but I wish they had said why she wasn't in a qualifier. Like, if they said champions were disqualified from being in there, like world champions... I know Joe's in the men's and he's the Ring of Honor TV champion for for whatever the hell that's worth. But I wish they had said no women... Like, no world champions. I feel like that would have made more sense. That wouldn't explain why Serena Deeb wasn't in there. I mean, Hakura, she lost to Deeb and then... You know, Sheeta was in a qualifier and she qualified, although she was later taken out. But Deeb never had a chance to qualify, which doesn't make a lot of sense. But yeah, so I, I mean, I like Anna Jay. She hasn't been on TV in a while. Like you said, I've occasionally grow like combed through dark and I see her ran, wrestling random tag team matches with different partners. I guess that just qualifies you for a TBS championship, which is supposed to be as equal as the World Championship, um, which it isn't. But I mean. I like Jade, so I guess this is just really just trying to get her on the show in another defense. But I, I would have rather them explained her and Ty breaking up and then done them at the pay-per-view. It would have made more sense. And I mean, they just broke them up. We haven't seen them together. They had no mention of it. If they actually broke them up, made Ty a bitch heel from that's what they really should have turned Ty heel, have her beat the shit out of Anna Jay. Mm-hmm. But we already missed that point. But <clears throat> Jade wins, LOL, and back the dark for Anna Jay. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before, and I love Jade Cargill, but I feel like they've run into a wall as far as, like, she's beaten almost the entire division, including Thunder Rosa. She's beaten Ruby Soho already. She hasn't faced Chris Statlander yet. I think... I don't know. It would have came together a little bit quicker, but here's the thing. They had Statlander beat Red Velvet last week to advance in the Women's Owen Hart Cup, which we'll get to momentarily. It's Statlander and Ruby Soho on Friday to advance to the finals of the women's Owen Hart Cup. This whole, the whole cup thing, too, which I've liked so far. The matches have been good. This is another tournament. So incredibly fucking rushed. I mean, they literally waited till the month of May to do all the matches, all the qualifiers. It's like, Jesus fucking Christ, slow it down. It's ridiculous. Um, but anyway, they should have had Statlander, I think, be the challenger of the month for Cargill, because at least she's been winning a lot lately. We haven't seen Statlander and Cargill yet. I feel like that would have made more sense. It just feels like the whole women's division kind of fell apart after Revolution. They had a couple good stories there, but Layla Hirsch got hurt. Rosa won the title. They haven't really focused on her a whole lot. Uh, they brought in Tony Storm, which is great, but... I don't know, it kind of feels like the division, although we are getting three women's division or three women's matches on Sunday, which is great, it kind of feels like it's on ice on, on the whole at the moment. Yeah, I, I, like you said, I, I think Jade's great. I like Thunder Rosa. I think Thunder Rosa specifically, I think her title reign's been just a flop. I mean, she got, she got the Nyla Rose first defense treatment, beat her, and then now we're getting this deep stuff. But, I mean, she hasn't really been on TV at all. She's never wrestling. I just... After how, I feel like for her, I, it's, I think maybe more of an extreme case, but, like, she kind of feels like Hangman a little bit. Like, they got their big win, and everyone thought it was going to be, like, this great title run. I think Hangman's had good matches, but, like, besides the matches, he hasn't really been on TV. Last night was the first time he had, like, a decent segment. Like, that him and Punk last night was great, but, I mean, the show was in fucking four days. So, I mean, at this point, you're either excited or you're not. That's not going to change your view on the match, but... I don't know, I feel like it's very Hangman-esque, probably worse for, for Thunder, unfortunately. But uh, Jay's been great, I guess, like you said. She's already run through everyone. I mean, I don't think she's faced Tony Storm yet. I mean, so theoretically, I would have had Storm win the tournament and then face Jay. Mm-hmm. could have done that, but she lost to Brett. So we'll see. I just think there's a lot of dysfunction going on, and I really don't know what's going on. Well, you mentioned Thunder Rosa. We'll get into that match right now. Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb, AEW Women's World Championship. We didn't talk about it last week, I don't think. I'm actually in the minority of people that actually enjoyed the Serena Deeb promo from last week. I thought it was great they gave her time. It wasn't the greatest promo I've ever heard, but I like the layout. I like what they did with it. I thought it was badass. I'm looking forward to this match. Deeb is great. Thunder Rosa is great. They didn't give this feud a lot of juice going into last week, although that segment was uh, you know, a huge help, and Rose's promo last night was very good as well before they cut her off. Um, they've picked up the pace lately, which is nice. I am looking forward to the match. I do think it's a slam dunk, though, that Rosa walks out still the women's champion. Yeah, I think Rose has to win here. I mean, she would have, what, a two-month reign after she beat, beat Britt? I mean, it wouldn't make much sense. So I, I think Thunder wins here. 
don't know. I thought the promo was like, eh. I just felt, by the time, it just felt rushed and random. She's like, oh, well, Dustin, or Dustin Rhodes is, is Thunder Rhodes' mentor, and he picked her to beat me. Have him come out here, and he slaps her. She slaps him, and then she beats the shit out of Thunder. It just, I don't know. It felt extremely rushed and random, but whatever. But I, I like Diva a lot. I just don't think she's going to beat Thunder here. So I would have Thunder go over, and then we'll see what happens from here. But, I mean, who else is really healed that she could even go after next? I don't I don't know. Maybe Jade, but you're not going to fucking merge the belts already. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm not really sure who you do from here. We'll talk about that next week after she beats Deeb. But again, like I said, I've been impressed with the program lately. I'm glad they're putting Deeb in the spotlight. I think she's great. I'm glad they're giving her more of a more of a push, more TV time. So I'm looking forward to the match, though, even though it's pretty predictable. Rosa is definitely walking out, still the women's champion. Uh, we'll go from there to House of Black versus Death Triangle six-man tag team match. The match we were supposed to get at Revolution a few months ago. Um, House of Black won that one. I mean, we did kind of get it with... Uh, Death Triangle, instead of uh, Phoenix being in there, we had Eric Rowan or Eric Redbeard or whatever. Now we got the full group. So the feud's been oddly further. Like they, they'll further it some weeks on TV, some weeks they won't. We haven't really hear, we haven't really heard. I don't think from Death Triangle at all. Maybe we have. I don't remember. But I'm, I'm just ready for the feud to be over. I'm ready for them to really do something of note with House of Black because they've just kind of been on ice for a while now. They won the first match against the makeshift Death Triangle at Revolution. Do they go 2-0 on Sunday, or do Death Triangle pick up the victory? If it's me, I would have House of Black win. I'm going to go with them, just because I want them to win, and I feel like with Death Triangle, it's time to move all those guys involved over into different things, break off Penta and Phoenix into singles. Don't have them turn on each other, but House of Black, to me, is the hotter faction that has more potential at this point. Yeah, I... I mean, maybe this one will get the big uh, Julia Hart payoff here, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think both groups are kind of spinning their wheels. I like House of Black, but like you said, there's some weeks they're facing Death Triangle, then we get the Varsity Blondes, Julia Hart stuff, which, hey, long-term, long-term storytelling. It's been like six months, and we still oh. have no uh, resolution yet. So, But if you're going to take House of Black seriously, I think they have to win here. Um like you said, I wouldn't break up Penta and Phoenix, but I would just have them go on their separate their separate ways and then pack. I mean, when's even? I couldn't even tell you the last time I saw him on the show. So yeah, I don't know if that's like a Gaviza thing or a COVID thing with with him going back and forth to England. But I would just split them up. They, I mean, as a group, they really didn't do too much. So I would split them up and then kind of focus on House of Black. But I really don't know what you do with them because it's like who you're gonna have Alistair face? He's He's, he's not going after the TNT belt. I don't see him after the main championship anytime soon. So maybe I honestly don't know. So, I mean, I'd have them win, but then I guess back to the drawing board because I really don't know what you do with them next. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I'd have to look at the baby faces. What about, uh, you know, he's the new Miro, but what about Darby Allen? Yeah, he's not even on the show on Sunday. He is, yeah, well, Sting's her. Well, I mean, you still could add Darby in there in some sort of other match, I think. Yeah, but they're not doing a battle royal, so there's nowhere to put them. So I said that on I said that on Wednesday they're not doing the casino battle royal. I'm really shocked about that. Good, there's never been a good one. Well, they're not. They're never terrible though. I mean, they make sense. I mean, it, it, it should be a thing exclusive to Vegas. They've done it everywhere but Vegas since the first double or nothing. I agree. It should be. It should. They should do it only for Vegas, but they do it every pay per view. They've done it like a battle royal or a tattoo one every time. So, I mean. If you want to get them on the show, sure, but it, uh, I don't know. Because then there's just like, there's no reason to do it. I mean, I think other ones had title matches, but like, would you get Darby for the TNT title 20 times? No, thank you. No, no, definitely not. I mean, I mean the, my favorite Battle Royal is the one that Matt Sindel slipped and fell on his head. Hey, hey, watch it. That was a good one. Greatest I'm, debut of all time. Me? I'm like, oh, that's Matt Seidel. Mr. Marceau sitting on his hands. <laughs> Slips on the top rope, falls on his head. Come on. I mean, I love those type of Battle Royals, but. I don't know. I think they should do that at Double or Nothing every year, but you are right. They do it way too often. We just got one a couple of months ago leading into Revolution, so that's probably why. Um, I just feel like they should have paced it out a little bit better. Um, so that, and then where do we go from there? We'll go to we'll go to the men and women's Owen Hart Cup finals here, starting with the men. Samoa Joe, Adam Cole in the finals after Adam Cole beat, who was it last week? Jeff Hardy. Samoa Joe advanced to the finals, yep, after beating uh, Kyle O'Reilly last night. So I, what I like about this, one, it's a match that's fresh. Two, we don't know who's going to win, and it could very well go either way. So I, 
I don't really have much of a preference. Um, Joe has been undefeated so far. There is that. He is the Ring of Honor TV champion, but Adam Cole beating him here wouldn't really change much. I'm going to say Adam Cole wins. I think Adam Cole wins of, of the two faces and heels. We'll get to the women's one in a moment, but Adam Cole hasn't won anything of note so far. He, he didn't win the world title the two times he contended for that. Um, I don't see him going after the TNT title. I think they're just kind of waiting for Kenny Omega to come back, and maybe him winning the Canadian Cup will be the uh, catalyst for Kenny Omega coming back and taking exception to him, kind of taking over Undisputed Elite in his absence. So I don't know, but I think Adam Cole wins here. I, again, though, if Joe wins, I wouldn't be upset. Yeah, I got, I got Adam Cole here as well. I like Joe, but I think the tournament was more than trying to get keep Adam Cole busy and have him win. Like you said, kind of on the burner for Omega when he gets back, which we don't know. But just keeping him hot for that, because if you just don't do anything with him, then he's going to cool off. He's not going to go for the title. So I would have Cole win here. I mean, I just don't see Joe winning either, because he's going with that feud with fucking Lethal, Sanjay, and Singh. So... We'll probably get an afterbirth and then kick the shit out of him after the match, but uh, I got Cole winning here. Yeah, I got Cole winning as well. I think it just makes the most sense. Uh, Joe will be fine. Whether they have, you know, the Red Red Dragon come in and, you know, help him win or Lethal and those guys, it'll be a lame finish if they do that. I'd rather just Cole win clean personally, but I can see why they would do that um, just to protect Joe and defeat, I guess. So I, I think Cole's winning there. For the women's, though, like I said, right now it's Britt Baker definitely in the finals after beating Tony Storm on Wednesday. Not a good match, wasn't a fan of the outcome. But it's Baker against either Ruby Soho or Chris Statlander. Now, I don't think they filmed Rampage last night. I think they're doing it live tomorrow night on Friday, also in Vegas. I think it could very well be Statlander. They've been pushing her pretty aggressively since the, uh, you know, ditching the alien stuff, going with the character change. <sighs> I don't know. I just think it makes more sense for Soho to win. And either one, honestly, whoever advances, they really should beat Britt Baker. Britt Baker was already the women's champion for a fucking year. She doesn't need to win this trophy or belt or whatever it is. She doesn't need to win this too. And I don't think she should. Um, so I'm going to say Soho advances. She wins the whole thing. Just because they've brought up, they've had Soho and Baker interact a lot on TV in recent months. And they keep bringing up how Soho lost the Baker when the title was on the line back in New York City. I mean, Baker also did beat Statlander at All Out, but the Soho match wasn't on pay-per-view, and I feel like that was more damaging to Ruby than the Statlander loss was to Baker um, at All Out. So I'm going to say Soho advances, and not only that, but she wins the whole thing. And we said earlier, I don't know if it gets or gets her back on track. I don't even know what you really do with her from there. Does she go after Thunder? Does she go back after Jade? I don't really know. Maybe it's just a pointless title to make it seem like they're doing something of note with her. If she goes back to having no TV time, then what was the point? But either way, for now, I think she's winning this tournament. Yeah, the way the tournament's set up now, I think Soho is going to win it. I mean, I think it's dumb to have Tony lose the bread. I know she cheated, but having Tony in the tournament, you just brought her in, you can try to make her a big deal, she should have won the tournament. Yeah, I'm I mean, sorry. This is like feels like Ruby Soho 2.0. Like she was in the TBS title. They bring her in. Oh my god, this big debut. She's on TV a lot. Then she loses, and then she loses again, and then she's gone in relevancy. Like, yeah, maybe her winning this tournament will help build her back up. But I mean, she was built up before. Then you just knocked her all the way down. I think Storm might be in the same territory, unfortunately, because I think she should have won the whole thing. I mean, if she was going to be in it, she should have won the whole thing. But the way the cards are unfolding now, I mean, I don't. I like Statlander's change of gimmick. She's kind of generic now, but I like it better than the alien stuff. So I guess, you gotta, hey, got to take it as it goes. But I think it's going to be Britt and Soho, and Soho wins. If Britt wins, I mean, come on. I'm just not a fan of that. I don't think you need to have Adam Cole and Britt Baker both win their respective tournaments. I just don't think that's necessary. Um, yeah, the thing with Soho and Statlander is that with or Tony Storm, rather. I, I get the feeling because Britt Baker cheated last night with the help of Jamie Hayter, that feud is going to continue. The Baker and Soho one did not after Baker beat her in New York City. I think that feud will continue. The problem is that they gave the first match away like days before pay-per-view, and it wasn't good. It was just not a good match. It was way too rushed. If that's what they were going to do, like you said, don't even have it happen in the tournament. Save it for another time. Um, I, I don't know. I just wasn't a fan of that at all. So... Um, yeah, Baker's in the finals here. I think Soho's going to win as well. You know, someone pitched the idea to me. What if the Garganos came out? And, you know, I mean, I think Candace is still recovering from being pregnant and giving birth like two or three months ago. Um, so I don't know if that's likely, but 
Could you see a situation where both Cole and Baker win, which I don't really want them to? I mean, I'm just offer. I'm just kind of throwing the possibility out there. I don't think that's going to happen. But someone asked me yesterday on hashtag, oh, could you see any shocking debuts at the pay-per-view? The Garganos, if only Johnny Gargano maybe, is a possibility, but I'm not sure if that's something exactly I want to see because after the inevitable mixed tag team match, what do you do with uh, Johnny specifically beyond that? Yeah, I'm out on that. No, no thought. No, uh... I heard, I heard you say it, and I was like, I completely do not want to see that happening. Why do you, like, especially they brought in Johnny, I just, like, they, they have so many other people doing stuff, like... Well, they didn't sign Johnny Elite, though. No, I'm saying, like, I'm talking about Johnny Gargano. Oh, they brought okay. him in, they did this, like, what do you do with him from there? I just, they have too many people. They don't need to keep bringing people in and signing them. I, I, I'm kind of out on that, unfortunately. So, no debuts for you on Sunday? They don't need to, no. No, thank you. Please, no. I think we're, I don't know. I mean, there's people that are interesting, but the whole thing to me, as we've been asking for months, what do you do with this person beyond that? I'm not a big fan of them bringing in Keith Lee and Swerve and immediately putting them in a tag team. They they need to not win the titles on Sunday. So we're going to talk about that match now? Let's talk about it right now. World Tag Team titles. Might as well, yeah, let's go. Keith Um, Lee and Swerve, yeah, go right ahead. I completely agree. I mean, I think Keith Lee... Obviously, coming in had way more buzz than Swerve, but I actually, I, I think I, I've been digging Swerve's. I've been digging Swerve more in, in AEW than I thought I would. I, I, I've liked him more than I've liked Keith Lee there so far. I don't know. I, I mean, I was always a kill shot mark, and I mean, I loved him in Hit Rouse. I mean, him was a Swerve Strickland guy, but I've actually really liked his uh, his run so far in AEW. Obviously, I don't want him in a tag team, but with what's going on, I think maybe it's a nice landing spot just to keep him busy, but like. TNT title should be in his cross view soon. I, I really do like Swerve. I think he's one of those underrated guys that they got that I think could be a big time player and doesn't have that much like expectation. So if he gets pushed quickly and gets to the title, I think people will really get around him. But sorry for my Swerve Strickland mark out right there. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't want them winning the belts here. I mean, I could see a Team Taz win and then we kind of get the Jungle Boy Christian Cage turn, but maybe just not yet. I'm going to say, which I'm not a betting man, which I say every time, I'm going to go with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I think we're going to get it fleshed out a little bit more. I just don't think Team Taz should be holding the tag belts, and neither with Lee and Swerve. So we're going to go with a retain here, and we'll get the Christian Cage turn closer to all out. You know, here's the thing, dude. I'm so ready for that turn. It has been a literal fucking year since they started the whole Christian Jungle Boy thing. I'm done. They need to take the titles off of them. They need to do the turn. Maybe not here, but they need to have them lose the titles. They can't do the turn while they're champions. They just they're gonna have to either lose the titles because of the turn, or they lose the titles and they do the turn on TV like next week or in a couple weeks or whatever. I agree, but I don't think either team and the, that they're facing should be the champions. That's why I'm saying no. De- definitely not Lee and Swerve. They work well as partners. I'm not upset with how they've been used so far because it has kept them busy. Whatever, that's fine. Beyond this, they need to go their separate ways. With Team Taz, I love Team Taz. I love Ricky Starks on his own. I think Hobbs is great too. I'm honestly. Of the idea at this point, they are not going to do anything with either guy on their own, so you might as well just give them the tag titles. At least that would hopefully get them on TV, or keep them on TV, because they've been on TV more lately, which is nice. I thought the triple threat match on Wednesday was great. Um, Honestly, in a perfect world, I think this card, the build for this card has been all over the place. I would have fucking done Jurassic Express and FTR. I mean, they were one of the hottest teams a month or two ago, and they still are, but they've done almost nothing with those guys. Since the big one over over the Bucks, they broke them up. Not broke them up, but they did the Owen Hart Cup thing. Fine, but they really haven't had any tag team matches lately, except for Wednesday. I mean, I would have given them the AEW tag team titles again. I just think this whole... team I agree, Team Taz is not my first team I would put the belts on because they want them to do more than that. But at the same time, though, I just feel like with them they're not going to put Ricky Starks in the TNT title picture. They should. They're not going to put Hobbs in that picture. They should. So honestly, for me, you might as fucking well. That, that's my mindset on it. Yeah, I mean, if that's... I think the turn needs to happen too. I just... I don't know. I think a real tag team, they have so many actual tag teams that they should probably put them on a legit one, but... I agree. I mean, I also agree that I don't think Starks and Powerhouse are going to be in that... They're not going to be pushed on their own, so... 
I get it as well, but I, I'm still sticking with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. You, you didn't turn me. I'm going to be 90 years old before Christian Cage turns on fucking Jungle Boy. Holy shit. And I'm the biggest Christian fan there is. They're, the guy's not getting any younger. Fucking get it over with already. The long-term storytelling shit is so dumb sometimes. Rip like, the band-aid off. Rip the band-aid off. Listen, I'm all for long-term storytelling. It's been the same stage, and they've been teasing tension lately, which is great. I'm all, I'm all for that. But, dude, a year, though, of this is ridiculous. I mean, Cage, like I said, is not getting any younger. The guy was retired for seven years. Why the fuck would you waste his last couple of good years left? Uh, one full year on him being a manager. That's ridiculous. I mean, he had the great all-out stuff with Kenny Omega. That was awesome. He doesn't need to be world champion. At least use the fucking guy. How is he outworking everyone if he's not even in the ring? It's stupid. We talk about that all the time. So, do the turn. Rip the band-aid off. Get it over with. <laughs> Moved your, I mean, just so pissed with this shit. And I like Jurassic Express. Love but this. Love the GSM rant radio. It's Wrestle Rant Radio for a reason, baby. So get the Band-Aid off. Get the belts off of Jurassic Express. We mentioned this a lot, but they were just not as hot when they won those belts as they were a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. Move the fuck on. Put the belts on another team. Team Taz is not ideal because they want them to do more with them individually. I agree. Let's face it, they're not going to. They're too busy signing Tony Nese and all these other people to put the belts on, on to put like a singles title on Ricky Starks. It's too, the, or rather putting the TNT title on Scorpio Sky and Sammy Guevara for the second, third, fourth, fifth, seventh time. Like anyone gives a fuck. So anyway, put the belts on Team Taz, rip the band-aid off, and we move along here. Jericho Appreciation Society taking on what is this, Blackpool Combat Club and Eddie Kingston, Santana, Ortiz. I couldn't really care less about the shit. The match should be entertaining. Anarchy in the arena. Okay. Um, hopefully it's anything but Stadium Stampede, just with a different name. I, I would hope not. Hopefully it's just something completely different. Please just have Blackpool Combat Club, Kingston, and Santana, Ortiz win so we can just move the fuck on. The feud is sucked. I don't care about Jericho Appreciation Society. It's a waste of time. Just please end this so we can move on. I second all your thoughts. I hope it's not Stadium Stampede. I hope it's just... I, I mean, I hope it's not just a street fight or like a fucking brawl because we just saw that with them versus Lambert like the last two pay-per-views ago. Mm -hmm. I just I just don't care about their Jericho Society. And I hope Blackpool Combat Club and Kingston's group just went and get over with. I'm just so over this shit. So over this shit. I thought the Kingston-Jericho stuff was great. I thought they had a really good match of Revolution. It's been all downhill since then, so we need to move beyond this garbage. Uh, final three matches here. Hardys versus uh, the Young Bucks. Rivalry renewed on Sunday. I'm looking forward to this. It felt like they went from chapters one and two to chapter seven and eight in a matter of weeks. Like, no real buildup of this at all. I thought they were going to do the Hardys, Allen, and Sting versus all of Undisputed Elite, which... May have been legit. It might, I mean, probably if Sting's, I don't know if Sting's injury is legit or not. I mean, I heard it might be. I don't know. It seems like it is. I mean, the guy's jumping off fucking seven foot um, scaffolding and shit and whatever, which is pretty stupid. Maybe that's how he got hurt. I don't know. But um, yeah, maybe they changed the match because this kind of came out of nowhere. I'm looking forward to it. They've always had great chemistry. I think the Hardys should win. I like the Bucks, but I know you don't like the Bucks, but they're, they're probably going to turn them face at some point. The Hardys haven't lost a match as a tag team since uh, reuniting as a tag team in AEW. So I would get them closer to the tag team titles, and the only way they could do that is by winning here. So they're my pick. Yeah, this is completely random. I mean, this was thrown... Like you said, they went from Chapter 1 to Chapter 10 in a week. Um, I mean, I think it'll be a fine match. I mean, the Hardy is supposed to... Yeah, if he hasn't looked too hot lately, I mean, his last couple single matches have been rough. But, uh... Oh, God, I, this is a tough one to pick because I hate the fucking Bucks. I honestly think the Bucks are going to win. I can't stand them, but I think they're going to win here. I mean, the hardest winning would be nice, but then, like you said, though, eh, I'm going with the Bucks. Are you going with the Bucks here? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think the I, I, I just think what they did with the Hardys is, I don't know, I just would not have brought them in the way that they did, but they faced, like, underneath people that no one cared, had terrible matches. <laughs> the Butcher and the Blade one was terrible. Oh my god, that! And then they had one against uh, Private Party. That could have been built up way better, and they just blew it off in a week. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, fuck. I don't know. I just feel like the Bucks would win. I don't know. Like, what do the Hardys gain out of it? Like, they, yeah, they beat them, but I don't know. I just didn't. I just don't think they're gonna win the belts either. I really don't. No, I don't think so, they should. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm gonna go with. Ugh, fuck. I'm going to go with the Bucks. I, okay. I'm sticking with my up. I think they're going to win. I mean, I just don't think at this point with the Hardys, I mean, 
We'll see what happens, but it hasn't been too hot so far. But I'm going to go with the Bucks. Yeah, and no, I think they're popular enough to where one more run as tag team champions, or at least going for the titles, is definitely something they should do. But, you know, we'll see. If the Bucks win, whatever. Um, they're clearly in a holding pattern until Kenny Omega comes back anyway. MJF versus Wardlow. Singles match. If Wardlow wins, he, he's granted his release from MJF as his heavy or whatever. Gets a contract with AEW. If MJF wins, Wardlow can never sign a contract with AEW. Seems pretty cut and dry to me. Wardlow wins. I could see them doing yet another, which they've done before twice with MJF already. One of those fuck finishes like, oh, MJF wins, and they reverse the finish or whatever. They've done that twice. I do not want to see that again. Um, I think that'd be dumb. But I think Wardlow wins regardless, as he should. This has by far been the best thing on the show all year. Uh, maybe not all year, at least since Revolution, since the Punk and MJF stuff ended. But the feud's been great. Both guys are great. Match should be fun. Wardlow fine and giving him MJF his comeuppance should be great. So I would have Wardlow win here. You know, book it plain and simple. Yeah, I, I think Wardlow, I mean, with a stipulation of there's no chance Wardlow is losing. Oh, no, he's never going to miss on AEW off the WWE goes. So <laughs> he goes to, but he goes to Ring of Honor. Come on. <laughs> the show that doesn't even have a TV deal yet. That's so bad. But, yeah, I think Wardlow's going to win here. I like this feud. I like both guys. It's going to be a great match. Definitely the best thing of the AEW every week. Um, Wardlow wins here. I don't really know what you do with them next, but Wardlow mm-hmm. beats MGF, then I really don't want to do with MGF either. But I like MGF, love Wardlow. I think it's gonna be a great match. Both of them, I mean, after this is over with, I really don't know what you do next with either guy, but we'll see what happens. But I like both of them, so I think Wardlow's gonna win. And I'm very excited for this match. Very excited as well. As I am for Adam Page versus CM Punk. It's Punk and MJ or Punk and Page rather for the AEW World Championship in the main event, Hangman versus Punk. Um, this is going to be great. Love the talking segment on Wednesday. Thought it was money. This is another one, dude. This could go either way. No real heel turns here so far, which is what I like. I think that's great. Uh, I'm going to go Punk. I think he should win. Page's reign has been slightly underwhelming. Obviously, we've talked about that a lot. Um, Page could win. That could be really what gets his reign on the map here with, with a win over Punk. But I'm going to say Page uh, loses and Punk becomes champ. They could always wait until Chicago for Bidden Door next month. But I just think it makes more sense to pull the trigger here and put the belt on CM Punk. Yeah, I mean, I think either guy could win, like you said. I like Hangman. I think his title earned has been underwhelming. Even this feud, I think up to last night, like I was just like, okay. I think the promo last night was good. Um, I mean, if I'm them, I'm putting the belt on Punk. I, I, I love Hangman. Love you mean it. But his reign's kind of been an afterthought. I, I would just put it on Punk at this point. He's the top guy. Him or MJF are the top two guys in the company right now. I, I would just put it on Punk, unfortunately. I think... You said unfortunately? Would, yeah, unfortunately. Because I think Hangman should have been booked better, and I think he should have kept the belt longer. But I don't think that's happened, so you're going to put the belt on Punk. I think six months makes sense, though. Yeah, I agree, but I mean... I don't know. I just... I don't know. I, kinda, I mean, I think we all thought MGF was the one going to beat Hangman, so maybe we'll get him and Punk again, but... I, I, I would say Punk has to win the belt here. I like Hangman, but it's been underwhelming, and I think you put on the top guy, so there you go. All right, all right, I agree. Um, and like I said, if Page wins, I'm not overly upset. I think Page, Punk winning just makes more sense. Um, he's the hot hand right now. Page can do whatever. I don't know what you even do with him after he drops the championship. Maybe he does go heel. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe you put him with Miro. That's the old answer, right? I don't know. But bring back Miro. Where the fuck has he been? I know he's been filming a show, but seriously, bring him back. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I think it's going to be exciting, and I think Punk should win. Now, like I said, he's the hot hand right now. Page's reign has been fine. Not bad, but there's definitely been better reigns, without a doubt. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for it regardless, Mr. Marcel. We're going to see you on Sunday at the show. Not at the show. We're not going to be in Vegas. Imagine that I texted, hey, we're not making it to your house. We actually flew out to Vegas instead. Wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> We're going to be talking all about it next Thursday right here on WrestleRant Radio and previewing TakeOver, not TakeOver, but NXT In Your House next Saturday. And it's going to be uh, Hell in the Cell predictions on Sunday as well. We're probably going to have to record early. It's my birthday next Thursday, Miss Marceau. So there's a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss, and I can't wait to uh, break it all down with you and see you on Sunday. Can't wait. Sounds good, Miss Marceau. Catch your ass down the road, brother. Have a great one. You too.